All right, time to get your game right, get your mind right. We're fortunate enough to have one of the speediest cats we've ever had on the show. He's used his legs to do more things than Colonel Sanders did with chickens. We love every <laughs> aspect about uh, Quentin Berry. Literally, he's played for more teams than than most professional baseball players have ever played for. We're so excited to have you on the show, Q. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. I came up with the Colonel Sanders thing on my own, too. I just I thought see, of that. man. That was <laughs> clean, man. It, it rolled through smooth. It was good. It was good, man. <laughs> so we got oh, Q on man. the show. Q, uh, just give give some people, and uh, I don't want you to go into your backstory all that much because it's right. interesting, but they can go to Wikipedia and look it up. But, right, for sure. But where are you from? Where was your start? What got you into baseball? Uh, I'm from Southern California, man, where where the where the great ball players are born and bred, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I was fortunate enough to get drafted out of college, man, and by the Phillies, and that was the start of the long, long, long journey for about me, 13 years. Let me get this straight: 13 years, you went from Philadelphia to the Padres, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the Mets, to the Reds, right. to the Tigers, where you found a home. That's right. To the Royals to the Red Sox, to the Orioles, back to the Red Sox, to the Cubs, to Anaheim, to the Blue Jays, to the Twins, to the, the Long Island Ducks. <laughs> That's right. Brewers, back to New York and uh, playing for the Yankees. Like, right. I got my miles crap. in, man. Yeah, man, I got, my, I got my miles in. I got my Southwest card, man, and we fly for free now, brother. That's a fact. <laughs> so you're flying for free. Yeah. Most people think, okay, you know, and we all had the same dream, me and you both, and a lot of people have that same dream of, like, I want to play in the big leagues one day. Right. We, we all think our big league journey is going to be, like, we're Mike Trout, we're, we're Miguel Cabrera, we're – that's the way, the way we dream it, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But what's reality for Quentin Berry? Man, reality, I had to find out at a young age, man, there's not many of those, man. Those those uh, those stars that we practice and we, we, we glorify and the people that we see ourselves becoming, there's there's a small percentage, man. It's probably 1% of the entire, you know, game of baseball is are those guys. There's one on each team. Those guys are unbelievable talents, man. And, and it's just not a realistic um, – it's not a realistic goal to become one of those guys at the end of the day, when it all said and done, man, that stuff is hard. It's hard to be a decent ball player, let alone to be the greats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just something that over time you just start to realize. And, you know, we've talked about it and, and finding out who you are as a player and then, and then just really doubling down on your attributes, man. And just giving yourself the best shot with the most realistic goals and in, in your mind. So that opportunity, like I always tell kids, understand where your opportunity is. Yeah, you might, you might go into it thinking you're going to be a shortstop, but right, you know, left field in the big leagues isn't that bad. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, my best friend Adam Jones, man, he's he was a he was a first round draft pick shortstop, and the only way he was going to get to the big leagues was if he made that move to the outfield. You know, he had too many people in front of him, man. And you're talking about one of the greatest center fielders in the game in our era you know, who couldn't make it as a shortstop. I mean, he was a first-rounder as a shortstop, and it's still he was going to be blocked to get to the big leagues, man. So, and he, he took that opportunity, and that's 
he was the first guy that mm-hmm. he doesn't wear his hat like cock, cock right. to the side. Mm-hmm. He was the first guy to like wear it cool to the side. Like right. a little, he always had that little bit of like just a little bit to the side, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, he, he brought his own swag cool. to it. Yeah, no, he brought his own he swag to it, but tasteful, tasteful swag. Yeah, tasteful swag. He was the first guy I've ever seen that like wears his hat a little bit mm-hmm. to the side. And I'm like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's you not like the Fernando it, Rodney that it's all the way over and yeah. obnoxious, right? Right, <laughs> right. Just something about it you just can't. It's just too old, just too overdone, man. Yeah, That's he had that tasteful swag, man. Tasteful swag. I, I admired about your game was mm-hmm. the authentic authenticity of your game. Like when you got excited, mm-hmm. you were excited, but it was authentic. Right. I think, I think a lot of these cats now they're trying to play something. They're trying right. to do something like, oh, when I when I make a diving catch, I'm going to get mm-hmm. up and pound my chest because I saw uh, Puig do it on ESPN. Right. You weren't that way. You did it because you had passion. Right. 100%, man. Happy to finally be where we were, man. You know how it was. We grinded through it and got to where we were, and I was excited every minute because you know that the game isn't going to last for you. It's only a small part of your life, man. So mm-hmm. I was trying to live it up as much as I could, and then – what I started realizing is that uh, Detroit loved it, man. And it was weird because it was natural to me, but they got behind it every time. They loved the excitement and the passion that I had for it, man. And it just – it all it all worked out perfectly, man. It really did. And, you know, some people didn't like it, you know, that we played against, thought, you know, maybe I was being a little extra or whatever. But to me, every time I got a hit, man, I was so excited because I felt like you could not send me down. You can't send me down to the minor leagues, man. I just got a hit. So I'm excited, yeah. man. I'm I'm fired yeah. up every time I got a, a knock and I'm coming around first and we score a run and we're we're winning. Man, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm in heaven right now. I can't I can't I can't go backwards, you know. So it was it was it was sincere, man. It was as as legit as it gets, man. I was excited to play. I was excited to be a part of the game. And uh it showed, man. It showed in what I was doing. I think I think most of the people who uh, viewed it as like they got pissed at you mm-hmm. is because they didn't sacrifice what you sacrificed to get there. Yeah. That's just my honest observation. Yeah. Because when whenever and everybody's like, oh my god, look at Q and and he he made the diving catch and mm-hmm. now in today, like if you played, if you were doing what you were doing in 2012, mm-hmm. you would have a big way bigger brand than you mm-hmm. did in 2012. Right. But I'm telling people right now, there's a big difference between authentic mm-hmm. and that real drive of I've worked so freaking hard right. to get here that I don't care what other people think. Right. Like, no, 100 percent. How does how, how did Q deal with like the haters out there and the people who are like, oh, my gosh, like put your head down, son. This is baseball. Like we shouldn't get excited about getting a, a base hit. Right. Uh, CC Sabathia or or freaking all these Hall of Fame pitchers like don't get right. excited about that this is baseball be professional you know yeah man I think I think a lot of like you said man it came from you know three years of double a man mm-hmm. three years of double a um you know going back to double a for the for the for the third time I'm married my wife's pregnant you know I'm living at home with my mom you know she comes out to double a to see me and we're we're, we're we're sleeping on an air mattress and a living room floor. And the next year, I'm in the I'm in the big leagues for the first time out of nowhere. 
And mm-hmm. the last thing I did was care about what anybody thought, man. I didn't care what you thought about me. I didn't care if you liked me. You know, I was a great teammate. But it was a simple fact that I did all that. I now have a family. You know, I'm where I've always dreamed to be. Nobody's going to take it away from me. You know what I mean? There's nothing you're going to do to put a cast, a cast a cloud over my, you know, shining moment. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. just, I just didn't care, man. I just didn't care. I was going to play. I was going to live it up. I was going to enjoy every minute of it. And, you know, you weren't going to stop me from, from enjoying this. Because, you know, you didn't know when it was going to be over. So I was going to enjoy it for sure. For sure. I didn't care. I think that's one thing that a lot of people, myself included, mm-hmm. uh, get caught up in on a daily basis is our expectations of what other people think we should do. Mm-hmm. The way we should act, the way we should go about our business. Right. Like you, you, you put that much time into you sleeping on the air mattress with your pregnant right. wife right. at a freaking house that, that should fit like, two people and there's 15 people in there and you're like what why am i doing this to myself 100 but they tell me i need to be this so i'm gonna be this i think we're we're starting to hit that revolution of players are a brand themselves Mm -hmm. and and people like authenticity man they Mm -hmm. like that they like that quentin berry who can go out and that's what they like about me like i'm the down-home country boy right who just tells it how it is Right. Like I'm not sugarcoating stuff like on no. this podcast and stuff. I'm not like, I think that most people's uh, big league dream is way more achievable than they even think possible if they mm-hmm. want to put the work in. Right. Agreed. Agreed, man. And knowing where to put the work in, you know, that's mm-hmm. a big thing is like knowing who you are as a player. You know, I'm not going to sit here and spend my time trying to hit these homers and, and then trying to figure out this new leg kick and all of a sudden trying to create something when I've never been a home run hitter in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, if you find out what it is, I'm a speed guy, man. I'm a defensive guy. You were a hitter, man. You hit for average. You could hit mm-hmm. some power, too. Like, don't don't take none of that from you, too, because you could hit with some power, but you played great defense. You could play everywhere in the outfield. Like, that was mm-hmm. what we had to do. We didn't have a luxury of going in there saying, I'm just going to hit homers and be terrible everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, that yeah. just it didn't work like that for us. We had to be great at every small role there was, man. We had to be great at it, you know. Like you said, and, there's there's only a few of the really good ones, man. And be content and understand yeah. that when your opportunity comes, mm-hmm. like you basically, you've worked your whole life, just like me. We worked mm-hmm. our whole life to get an opportunity. Right. Most people just want an opportunity. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Dude, you don't get an opportunity until you put the work in. Right. Like they don't just I'm give talking, it to you. I'm talking like years of work mm-hmm. to get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like you said, man, I was in double A, and all of a sudden, man, I went with the Tigers. Dirk's got hurt. Mm-hmm. That was the time when I tore, uh, my, tore my Achilles tendon. Here comes yeah. Quentin. Quentin yeah. then killed it. And guys were giving me crap, like, oh, my God, like, he's the next thing, best thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, about right. time. <laughs> yeah, but, right. yeah. but you were ready. You you, you were so prepared and so mm-hmm. determined for that opportunity. When mm-hmm. that opportunity came, it wasn't like that opportunity was just knocking at your door from, from Jump Street. At all, man. When that opportunity did come, though. You're right. What did it feel like? 
like what was that feeling like for for Q to be like man the Tigers are calling me up to the big leagues man I'm playing more and more like what did that what, what was that that whole like the mindset was there a mindset shift oh man I think like, I think it was I think it was one of those times where I, I realized man like this is what it was all for this is what all the failures were for this is why I was released. I was taken off of this roster. This is why we kept pushing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't for nothing. You know, and, and like I said, once I got there, I was able to let it go. And I think all those failures, man, and and all that hard work, you know, that you're talking about that we went through, and and it allowed me to play so free. It allowed me to get to the big leagues. I played so free that I felt like the baseball player that was inside of me was able to come out. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? A hundred percent, man. And I felt like if I, if if I would have just got up there on an easy road, I would have been trying to be something I wasn't. I would have put all this pressure on myself, man. But I think just going through all those failures, man, and, and working so hard and not giving up, you know, and I think that allowed me to play so free because we're such good ball players, man that a lot of times we can't play free. And if you don't put the work in and if you don't go through the failures, you can't play free, you know, because you don't know what you're doing. You're hoping, you're wishing. You're going off of just straight hope and luck. And luck ain't going to do it for you. Hope isn't going to do it for you. you yeah. Know? Yeah, we you both know, know that. <laughs> <laughs> I can cross yeah. my fingers and pray to God every time I go to the plate, but it doesn't mean I'm going to get a hit, you know. Exactly. It doesn't mean I'm going to do something productive. It doesn't. You know, and, and I think that that was a big part of it. And I remember Prince used to say that all the time, man. Prince Fielder used to be like, they'd be like, how'd you hit that down inside pitch, man, down there? And dude, he's like, because I did it before. So if I haven't, if I haven't worked on it, if I haven't worked on hitting it, I can't, I'm not, how am I supposed to just, I can't hope and wish to hit it. You know, I've done it multiple, multiple times, hundreds of times in practice. So now when it's, when it's time for the, for the lights to come on, he can hit it, you know, and that's just the way it is, man. That's what comes with everything. And that's where your confidence comes from. Hundred percent. Now you're not. So, now you're, yeah, exactly. So the the precursor to the big leagues, the, mm-hmm. and we always call it grind. And I yeah. I think that's a that's a good word. Right. I, I never want to deter people from the actual grind of what they're doing. Right. Learning to enjoy the process. If you really want to be successful at something like like the level we were, mm-hmm. you have to at some point just like you're going to have more negative Nancy's in a triple a clubhouse than you'll ever find in life. Right. 100%. But I know you Q were, Mm -hmm. and you were just like me. Mm -hmm. Like we were always the positive outlet. Right. And make the best environment. Yeah. You got to make the best of it, man. And we, we could have, I could complain just like everybody else. You could complain just like everybody else. But I think our biggest separating factor and why we were successful and why other people wanted us and like other teams wanted you mm-hmm. after when you were at the Tigers is that positivity factor. Right. What's that Definitely. look like on a daily basis for you in the clubhouse? Man, you just got to understand. Man. We all got stories, man. We all got a story, man. We're all getting screwed by somebody, you know? Yep. So like, we, you know, it, it, it does nothing for us to constantly, you know, you know, relive that with each other and tell each other, like, yo, I'm being screwed here and I should be there. And we all, we all should be somewhere else, you know, but yeah, I, I really love, and I will never forget out of my, all my career, man, how, 
how much I love building relationships with my teammates, man, and how those bus rides were something to cherish, man, and those those eating at Applebee's, man, off the off, yeah. the, off the two for twenty meals with your boys, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I was sitting up there just watching games and 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 going to each other's rooms and you know and and playing video games or or listening to music and hanging out, you know, and all that stuff, man. That you don't even do in the big leagues, man. I said, you yeah. know, and and I yeah. enjoy and I really enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed being at the clubhouse. I enjoyed hanging out with the guys, man. And I wasn't gonna. If I'm gonna live this life, man, I'm not gonna be miserable, man. I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna make the most out of it, you know. And and there's so much of that, man. I built so many relationships through the game. I'm so grateful for, it, man. There's, I've been a best man at one of my boys' weddings that I met in high A. You know what I mean? And I just went to my boys' wedding two weeks ago. That you know we were we were teammates for the first time in in short season and in low A, and we were roommates together, and we still talk about egos and and eggs in the morning every <laughs> every morning, bro. Every morning, so. I mean, all stuff. Oh man, it's a beautiful thing, man. It is a beautiful thing, man. And I, I'll never forget it, man. I really will. I really won't. I can remember uh, Ramon Garcia, uh, Double A pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, when I was with the Tigers, and I remember being mad at him mm-hmm. uh, at about three a.m. because he would air <laughs> up his air mattress. Oh man! When he was he was on the kitchen floor. Yeah. I was sleeping on couch cushions. Up above in in a different room. Well, this is what I'd hear. It would be like three in the morning, and it'd be like <laughs> that noise to yeah. me still aggravates me. Oh, I bet, bro. <laughs> I bet, man. And you've I heard mean. that noise. It's like oh, it's I'm so like, loud. Oh my man. gosh, we got twelve dudes in a in a two bedroom apartment. In oh Erie, yeah, Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, and people oh. just don't they don't see that. But you know what it is? It's like. That's who makes you who you are. Hundred percent. There's nothing you can't. There's nothing you can't overcome after doing that, man. And not only that, man. You do. You're saying you're you're staying twelve dudes to a, a, a two bedroom apartment, man. So you could spend two fifty on rent. You're still short. You're still yeah. coming up short, yeah. man. You still can't eat, man. <laughs> so That's why in the off season, in the off yeah. season, and people are baffled when I say this. Mm-hmm. I substitute taught. Mm-hmm. I got my substitute teacher's license. I was making 80 bucks a day doing that. Right. And then I would go in and run a trap line. Oh, like, my literally God. trap animals and skin them for oh. money. Oh, and people man. are like, You're, that's barbaric. I'm like, I am barbaric. Right. Because how else do you get to the big leagues? You have right. to be a little bit barbaric at times. <laughs> like, you have, to, you have to, like, oh, here's two pennies. How can I rub them to make it? four pennies right exactly no 100 percent, man 100 percent. that's what a lot of people on this journey this this is why i say it's more achievable than most people think mm-hmm. because the guys the guys who really embrace it right and the guys who really in, it, learn to enjoy the process like you just said enjoy the guys around them enjoy the whole experience mm-hmm. like that like that saturday after the game or that sunday after the game Right. Have your teammates over for a, a barbecue where everybody comes in and, and gets some hamburger meat and make some dogs and burgers mm-hmm. and sit around and have a few beers and relax. Like, that's that's what makes life. It is. It does, man. It does. Because if you don't, man, the game will eat you up, man. It will you eat to. you up. That's right. Quick. Quick. So let's get, in, let's get into your legs. Mm-hmm. Your, your legs are probably the best legs we've seen since like 
what's that dude brian robertson or the the dude that sold the base for uh, oh the dave roberts dave, dave roberts. roberts yeah like you you probably have the second best pair of legs since then because <laughs> you get like you were a dude when push come to shove i have to come in and steal a bag mm-hmm. no yeah like, most everybody knew what when quentin berry went on the field in mm-hmm. the playoffs what's gonna happen right he's gonna steal a bag Mm-hmm. Like how did that that the pressure to I'm gonna put you in you have to steal this bag you're either the hero or the goat right like, like how do you deal with that yeah that's the toughest part man um you know it's 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 if you make it all right good you're supposed to and if you don't then you're you're an awful baseball player you don't know what you're doing um but it, it comes with everything that we talk about but preparing man a lot of it I I did so much homework. Every day, and I think it, it blew a lot of teams away when I would get there because they thought it was just running. And yeah, God bless me with with speed and and everything that He's gave me to play the game. But I I put in so much time at doing homework and studying film and studying pitchers. I knew every back end bullpen from the seventh inning to the ninth inning, and I knew what their tendencies were. I knew their times. I knew the catchers. I knew what what counts that team like to do pitch outs. I knew everything that would 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 eliminate um, any any worry of um, of not being prepared that allowed me to just go. And um, I put it all together, man. And they would put me in situations, and it's it's nerve wracking, man. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you that when I would get out there on them base pass, man, in front of all those fans, and I've been sitting cold the whole game. Um, that I wasn't nervous, but I just believed in the preparation, man, and I believed in the tools that God had given me, man, and I just took off with it, man. And I knew that if I continued to do it, it would allow me to stay in the game a little bit longer than I probably should have. So I tried to embrace it, man, and I tried to use it. So, And it ended up working out and kept me in the big leagues for the next, you know, parts of the next three, four years, man. You hit so many good points right there. Like mm-hmm. every kid right now listening or coach who thinks their kid is going to be – or parent who thinks their kid needs to be the best thing since sliced bread. Like mm-hmm. Quentin Berry knows the back end of every bullpen in the big leagues. Right. Like they just – you got to put the work in. Yeah. And you're still – it's still a little nerve-wracking when it comes time to do it. Right. But – but – your patterns and your habits on a daily basis are going to get your outcome. Me and you know that. Like we know, and I knew if I was studying the pitchers and I knew, okay, uh, David Ortiz is up to bat. I'm going to take my left field position and I'm going to mm-hmm. go way over in left center. Mm-hmm. I remember catching a ball in the warning track in left center against David Ortiz. Mm-hmm. That's a, in, in Fenway, it's a double off the wall. In Comerica, it's go sit back on the bench. Right. You know, <laughs> right, it, right. because – and I knew where to play him. Right. Like, I was like, oh, David Ortiz, where is he powerful? Mm-hmm. Left mm-hmm. center. Left center is his bread and butter. Right. And, I, and if, if he pulls the ball, it's a homer. It's gone. So It's all the way gone. We're, like, playing to keep him from getting a double, Right. Right. And I'm like basically playing no doubles when nobody's on base in the first inning against this cat. And people are like, how were you there? It's like, how is Derek Jeter? How did Derek Jeter make the play against the A's where he was like the extra cutoff man all of a sudden? Right. It, it's, it's 
knowledge. It's understanding the game and the instinct. Right. Definitely. Understanding flow of game, man. Flow of game, man. Understand. I'll take David Ortiz on first base rather than second any day of the week. Yeah. You know? So you give like, him that what, feel. Yeah. Like, so when you get the bopper up, mm-hmm. really kids, understand, where is he more valuable to the team? On second base if nobody's on. Right. Because he can't score from first. At all. Mm-hmm. He's actually doing you a favor by being on first because now he's clogging the base path. Clogging yeah. him up. Clogging yeah. him up. So when you steal a bag, mm-hmm. when, when you're when you're in go mode, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, Q, it's time to go steal a bag. Right. What are you looking at? Right-handed pitcher, because mm-hmm. most of the pitchers that we deal with right now, where, right. where do you look? Is there something you're looking at? This is a question I get a lot. And I've yeah. got my, my take on it, but what, what are you looking for from that right-handed pitcher? Because we want to get that jump. We want to get that, like, off first base to second base as quick as possible, right? Right. Yeah, well, I'll give you uh, my own personal, and then I'll give you a little general. Like, for, for like, whatever I would study, a pitcher would have a would have a, would have have a a sign. They would have something that they would give, a tail. And yep. even if they wanted to, the first two pitches, they wanted to try to be quick and do something that they're not normal. They're not. It's not their normal delivery. Um, in the big leagues, man, they don't. They don't want to keep doing it because they're going to throw balls. They're going to get behind in the count. And when it's in the big leagues, man, you make a mistake, man, they're going to hit a homer. So, yeah. so if it might do it for one or two, but eventually that tail is going to come out, man. If it was a raise the head, if it was a, if it was a deep breath, if it's a, a turn of the shoulder, if it's a a sway back in their hips that I can key in on and it would give me a little bit of an extra edge to get an extra step. I would be watching that, man. But if it, if it's somebody I don't know and it's somebody that I'm just, I would, I stare at the belt a little bit above the belt and I use my peripheral to see the entire body, man. And if he gives me anything that shows me what he's doing, you know, he, like I said, he gives me a little lean. You can see the entire body. If you stare at that belt, man, and they would let me know, and as soon as I knew he was going home, man, I'd take off. And it's head down, full bore, all the way to the bag. Not letting up at all. I love it. When, yeah. when The cool thing is, too, because I was a base stealer mm-hmm. before I played for Jim Leland. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like it, man. He had, they, they had too much money in the box, man. They had too much money at home plate, man. You can't afford to get thrown out. <laughs> I, they they told me, and I always had the green light my whole life because right. I'd proven that I could steal bags. Right. When I got to the big leagues with Jim Leland, it mm-hmm. was like, I'll tell you when to steal. That's right. the worst thing you can do for a base stealer. A hundred percent, man. Like uh, for me that. as a base stealer, uh, when I was in uh, college, when I was in all the different levels I played in, in in pro ball and all these different things, I stole a lot of bases. Mm. My bases that I stole were the bases that just like you said what happens is over time you develop like when a pitcher does this mm-hmm. Go. Mm-hmm. like if he's got a hip sway mm-hmm. it's it's a go time you got that yeah you got because to. he's not even lifted his foot up yet but he right. already gave you that green light to go right i would always say the pitcher gives you the green light and what you do is you you find the references you find the similarities because the funny thing is, most guys, you, there's you could probably break them down into like five categories. Mm-hmm. Definitely, this guy starts lifting his hands right. before he moves. This guy starts he starts leaning before right. he goes. 
this guy starts doing his hip thing before mm-hmm. he even before you, you should actually go. But you know, once he starts that motion, he's not going to first. Right. It's definitely copy and paste, man. Like you said, there's there's there's, there's a certain amount, man, and then they 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 repeat itself. Once you get to this guy, he does the same thing. It's not it's not like a a huge book on different possibilities, man. It's very simple. They got what they do, and there you're gonna find guys that do the same thing, and you'll find a very few that don't do any, very few. And then if they don't, then you know they won. But there's not many of those. So it's all about going down the checklist of what this guy is because he's going to do something. He's going to do something. They all do something. It's a feel, man. It's a feel thing. And I, and I, I agree a hundred percent. If your coach is going to stop you or they're going to pick and choose. I worked a lot with, with Milwaukee and AAA this year. And the best thing their manager, I told the manager, uh, Rick sweet is do not question a guy once he gets thrown out. If he's getting thrown out a lot, okay. But if we if we're gonna be aggressive and we're gonna steal bases, let him run and let him get thrown out. But if you question him, you're gonna shut him down. Mm-hmm. You shut guys down. They just don't want to go because they don't want to have to answer questions. Well, they don't want they don't want your the freaking Toledo Mudhead bag in front of their locker. Right. <laughs> that's what that's what it was for me. Right. No, hundred percent in the big leagues. I, yeah, you got to. I didn't want to go back. Like, if Jim Leland said, don't steal bags and I'll tell you when to go, I'm like, cool. Yeah, 100%. He did I the same with me. On, I never I stole third base. I remember being on first base, dude, and being like, I can steal this bag. I can steal this bag backpedaling right. right now. But I was hitting second in front of who? Yeah. Miguel yeah, Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera or Prince. And yeah. he's like, if you get thrown out, he didn't say this, but this is this is basically mm-hmm. the way it works. If you get thrown out, Mm-hmm. That Toledo mud, mud hen's bag is in front of your locker. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> like, he, he, didn't, he didn't say it to you, but he said it to me. <laughs> he yeah, said it to me. yeah, like, like Quentin, you get thrown out, Toledo yeah. mud hen's son. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and go on upstairs. We don't even get your glove. Just go upstairs. Actually, we're gonna send you back to Erie. <laughs> Screw that. Screw that. You don't even yeah, deserve being Toledo if you don't listen to Jim Leland. Yeah, you're gonna go different. back to Erie, and you're gonna have to. You're gonna work. And you're gonna get gonna get a call up for like four more years. <laughs> That's exactly it, man. It's crazy how it works up there. But those guys are paid all that money, man. They want them. They want them with runners in, in, on base, man. Well, so and I, I think I think there is a point where we were like, like you in the game today. Say mm-hmm. Quentin Berry came into the game today, mm-hmm. you would be in the big leagues a lot longer because mm-hmm. it's more valuable now. Right. We were coming off like me and you when we were coming through. It was like the last of the the steroid era, the big bopper era. Right. right? Where go get your ass on first base and we'll hit a home run or a double and score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that's dying out, right? Right. Right. Now right now people want want to get on first base. People but the strikeouts are higher, I get it. Stuff like right. that. But they, what they did was change the ball. <laughs> right. They yeah. Changed, the ball. They actually changed. changed the baseball to be more like the steroid era. And I'm like, well, yeah. I get it. It gets fans. But I think to, in today's game, like guys like you are more valuable. Yeah. You're starting to you you, man. You're starting to see a lot of them get picked up and man, get, get that would never get a chance before. You know, and Terrence yeah. Gore is one of them. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a really good chance to do some really great things in the game. 
And it's because he can run, man. You yep. know, Dyson the same way, man. It's like these guys that opportunities, which I love it, bro. I love it, you know. Yeah, Gerard Gerard Dyson basically won two world won a World Series for the Royals. Yeah. Like yeah. they had the best back in bullpen, but they couldn't score runs. Mm-hmm. And Dyson found a way for him to score runs. Right. And then everybody Agreed, just kind of started following that lead. Like, oh my right. God, if I'm aggressive on the basis, we score more runs. Yep. You know? Exactly. Especially in the playoffs. Exactly. Because me and you both Especially the playoffs are completely different. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. that's where the Dodgers just keep failing. Right. It's like they're no, 100%, they man. just can't get the playoff structure right. Because regular season and playoffs, I would segment it and say the playoffs are different than the regular season, and you have to play differently. Oh, definitely, man. I mean, it's, you score runs in the regular season. You don't score runs like that. In, in the playoffs, pitching, pitching is the thing that you get, you get a two, two to zero or two to one lead in the seventh inning in the playoffs, that bullpen is meant to shut the door. And they do, you shut know, the door because and they shut the door. You're facing the best bullpens ever right now. Exactly. In today's game. That's the, that they are the best back end bullpen. And that's when guys like me, I would get another job because they know that these guys, if we get a walk, if we get an error, and a guy gets on first, we got to get him in scoring position without needing to string along a couple of hits because you're not getting a couple of hits. No. You're you not need, getting a couple need, of hits off of these guys. You need that jam shot, broken mm-hmm. back, bleeder over the second baseman's head where he's reaching, where Ian, right. Ian Kinsler is reaching out. That Yankees, perfect example. Yankees, uh, I think it was 99. Arizona mm-hmm. and, and the freaking Yankees, right? Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. Yankees. Uh, what was his name? Luis something. Hits this jam shot. Luis Gonzalez, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. hits a ball off of his hand mm-hmm. of Mariano Rivera, the nastiest <laughs> closer of all time. Hits mm-hmm. a ball off his hand. He literally, like, I guarantee his knuckles were black and blue in the morning from hitting right. the ball off his hand. But where was where was the runner? Second base, man. Second base. That yeah. that story never goes down if the runner's on on second. Where was right. Dave Roberts? First and third, man. Where was Dave Roberts? Second base. Second base, man. He didn't start off on second. He no. had to get to second. Right. So they walked the dude. The guy got a hit, whatever. How do we get that guy to advance the next base? And this is what I tell young guys. Mm-hmm. If you want to be effective, mm-hmm. what do teams look for in players? It's called it's – it's a simple word, and it's value. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. value. 100%. So how can you right. be valuable? Quentin Berry's valuable because he could run from first base to second base. It sounds right. – I'm making it very simple right here. Right, no, as, as you should. think of, like, understanding. Quentin mm-hmm. Berry's value, he can get on first base. He can do a lot of different stuff. He plays great outfield. But his real value in the big leagues – in the playoffs, was mm-hmm. he can go from first base to second base. Right. Better than anybody on the planet at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, do you see the power of that? Right. Like, that's the big What's league the... power. 
That's the big. It's what's going to separate you, man. It's what is going to separate you from every other person that they can pull up, and you know what it is that you have, and then you, you completely, you you magnify it as much as you can. The ability that you have for it, or mm-hmm. the skill set that you have, whether it's I throw a hundred, you know, and now I work on, I can I I know I throw a hundred, so I can now I just got to make sure I'm accurate. Yeah, and I can pinpoint it. And you're the guy. You throw a hundred, and you're not working on it, and you're throwing it all over the place. We ain't got time for you. Nobody's got time for you. If I'm fast and I can steal second base every now and then, but I'm getting thrown out all the time, and I'm not, you know, then nobody's gonna use me. But if I do my homework, and if I know what I'm doing, and I have a plan, then it becomes valuable. It's the same thing. It's it's just that's that's the game. That's that's. Separate yourself and add value to yourself. <laughs> what separates you? And this is what I always go back to. I know what separates people. They're mm-hmm. reluctant. They're reluctant to hear it. Right. Because it's the mindset. I don't. Right. I just. I don't care if your kid's the next best thing since sliced bread. If he's not willing to understand, like it's going to take some work and it's going to take my mindset being right mm-hmm. like right. it's just not gonna work i'm sorry right and i get so no. it, it almost frustrates me when if they just understood like if mm-hmm. you get your mindset right if you start doing things mentally right your ability the things you're really good at are gonna excel mm-hmm. but they don't want that what they want is no. oh i'm gonna do what everybody else is doing and be happy. Right. It don't work like that. There's a lot of other guys that are fast. There's a lot of other guys that were fast, but not in the position Quentin put himself in. He was right. a lot of guys weren't on uh, 2012 Detroit Tigers team. They weren't on the, mm-hmm. the 2014 Boston team. Like they mm-hmm. weren't on all these different teams, right? Like, how does Quentin Berry keep being on those teams? It's he understands his value and he works mentally to his asset is his leg, his legs. And then what he does is say, oh, how can I get better? Well, I know that I can only get so much faster. Right. Fast is cool. But there's guys that have 60 times that are better than yours that never achieve what you, you achieved. And I'll never say that I was the fastest one out there because I know I'm not the fastest one out there. You're not. But you were the smartest. Not at all. You, what you were was the smartest, fastest guy out there. Right. I might be the first right. person to tell you're smart in your life. but I, I appreciate it, man. I need, I need to make sure that my wife heard that. I might have to call <laughs> her in the room. Man. <laughs> but I know, yeah, I know from what you've done, you were smart. Right. Like you had to, I appreciate that, man. Well, and I just know the level, man. And what it is is I know the level of baseball that you were playing at and doing your things at. And it mm-hmm. scares me shitless to think like, oh, my God, I got to steal a base. Mm-hmm. Like when everything's yeah. riding on me still in a base. And then you just broke it down and said, well, I studied. I did this. I did this. It's not like your legs got you. Your your legs were were your avenue to get close to it. Your mind right. got you the rest of the way. Definitely, man. I'll tell you that too, man. And there was no better feeling than, than, than knowing you did your job. It it seems that it is such a quick 
I mean, it is a quick uh, piece of the game, but it is such a big thing for me all day to prepare for that. And then around the fifth inning, start warming up. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're in the game. And in a, not even two minutes that the whole thing is over. And I'm wired up. I am wired up. It is 10 o'clock at night. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play two more double headers. And I can play till one in the morning, man. Yep. I'm so gassed up. Let's go. But it was baby. a great feeling. It was, it was a great feeling going to bed at night. If I got that bag and scored that run, man, and I felt like I made such a huge impact for the team. Yeah, man, there was no better feeling than that, man. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. And don't devalue. I think never devalue anybody listening. Don't devalue what you've done. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's easy for us to do, Quentin. I think it's easy for Quentin to say, you know, I got my hit in triple A. Today I was one for three in in my triple A game. Never devalue Mm -hmm. that one for three. Right. Because as soon as you start devaluing that, you devalue yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't and devalue ourselves. What we do is build ourselves up to get to the point of still in that bag uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. To go score the run, the game-winning run, right? Like, that's right. Nirvana. Yeah, there it's was a also process, a guy, man. There was also a guy who got the game-winning hit. This is one thing, uh, so when we're, when we're young, we, we're always the guy who gets the game-winning hit. Right. We're not the guy who scores the game-winning run. Run, yeah, no, ever. Never. Never. Unless right. it's a homer. Right. Unless it's a walk-off solo shot. But we <laughs> always hardly ever happened. loaded. How, <laughs> exactly. how did the bases get loaded? Right. Why yeah. is there a runner on second? Like, 100%. You man. can be the guy on second base. Yeah. You Everybody has always, a role, man. You might not always be the guy who gets the game-winning hit, but you might be the guy on second base. Definitely, man. Definitely. Or you might be the or guy in left field. Who made the play. Scores. Who made yeah. – who get? or you might be the guy in left field who the base hit came to and you didn't throw him out. Or you threw him out. You right. You know what I mean? Like, like, I think we'd look at this whole system as if I didn't make – if I'm not the guy, I failed. Right. For young kids, a lot of them. You know, if I'm not Mike Trout, I failed. If I'm not Miguel Cabrera, I failed. And I'm here to tell them, like, this big league dream is more achievable than you think. Right. I have case studies. Mm -hmm. Andy Dirks, Quentin Berry, Donnie Kelly. Like, there there is a Danny Worth. Yeah. Danny Worth. Great example. Like, we don't have to be Prince Fielder. No. Like, God, would I have loved to have been Prince Fielder? Of course. For sure. But then I see the problem is what a lot of people don't see. I saw the work Prince Fielder put in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. why, why does little old Andy over here expect to be Prince Fielder <laughs> when he's working harder than me? Or he's right. doing more than me. Like, no, right. I'm not going to let him outwork me. I'm not going to let him outdo me. Did he have to sleep on couch cushions? I don't know. I don't think so. Right. Maybe. Maybe. But me and you had to sleep on couch cushions to go and play in the big leagues. Right. Like, they, if you understand that, when you're listening right now, if you can think, oh, my God, like, 
Quentin Berry, you go Wikipedia. He's played in the big leagues. He's scored a lot of runs. He's done a lot of amazing things. But he's also had to find a niche to get there. Yeah. Definitely, man. I think it's it's a big it's a it's a big piece of it, man. You see all these great players. Like that's what I love about they're really getting into in the NBA, man, with these guys. And I'm not trying to change it into another sport, but these guys, LeBron James, Steph Curry, becoming mm-hmm. a student of your arena, man, student of your field, man. And that's what these kids got to learn. Like, it's not just going to happen. Like, you're not just going to go out there. You have to love to be at the field, in the video room. You have to love to be in the cage. You have to love to want to do defensive work, which nobody wants to do because you don't, nobody glorifies defense. Yeah. Nobody glorifies base running. Nobody glorifies – they glorify the, the big leg kick and the homer. You know, and it's yeah. – it, it doesn't just happen, man. It doesn't just happen. You have to love your arena, man. You have to love your stadium. You have to love your field. You got to love your practice. You got to – you really have to, man. You really have to. That's where you attach attach, and love the process. Oh, 100%. The process is what makes you. That's what's going to develop you as a person. So when you get to the big leagues, when you get to – when you become the the player on the varsity high school team, you're ready. Mm -hmm. You play free. Like there's no question in your mind. You're you're ready. Is it scary? Yeah, it's scary. Everything's scary in life. But you're going to be so ready for it. You're going to be like, wow, you know, I'm taking the stuff that these guys are telling me right now. I'm going to apply that tomorrow. And I hope it gets you jazzed up to go and, like, run the bases. Go and and learn something new. Go and and try to be better in every aspect. Because for me, and you know me, Quentin, like, I was not great at anything. But I was good at everything. I was like the jack of all trades. Right. I had to be. I had, had to, to learn be. how to be a good defender, a base runner, a hitter, all that, right? Right. Definitely. Like like nobody said, oh, my God, like Andy, here he comes. He's going to hit the ball over the fence this time. They're like, I wish we had a guy that would hit the ball over the fence one time. <laughs> I'm like, we got McGee, Miggy, <laughs> Martinez, freaking Prince, and they're, they're still hating on me for not being able to hit more homers, you know? Right. But so and tough, I, I tough... fed into that. At, at times, yeah. I fed into that where I needed to hit more homers, and it always put me in a freaking drought, man. Right. I wasn't doing my thing. Yeah, that's and but that's a, that's that's the tough part of it, man. That's the tough part of, it. especially when you always know you're on the cusp, but man, you don't know what could you be doing more. What could you? Why, how can I stay? How can I stay? How can I? How can I make my value more? How can I? How can I change? You know, and it, and it's not. And it's not trying to be somebody else, man. It's just keeping keeping yourself so in when tune you play in what you're going to do. Uh-huh. Because you, you, you've tasted the big leagues at a high level. Mm-hmm. When, when you did, you know, through your career, at a very high level, and you produced at a very high level. Like you're, mm-hmm. a 200, you're like a 260 hitter in the big leagues. 260-something right. in the right. big leagues. Like you see other guys who are – 230 hitters in the big leagues. Maybe they have a few mm. more homers, but I think you're going to add more value than them, right? Right. Overall, with your defense and your base running. Right. Like how right. Does, do, do people label you? Definitely, man. 
and, and that was that was my thing towards the end of my career that I understood was I was the pinch runner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was nothing mattered about like how I hit. I could I could really stink, or I could be really really good at hitting, and I can have a great offensive year. And it became I was only going to get called up to base run and play defense, you know. And I would only go up in September, you know. And that and that just became who I was in the game. And I had to be like I had to be okay with it. if I wanted to continue to play, I had yeah. to sign with every team that was going to be in playoff contention. I had to have an out at the very end of the season so that if we weren't in playoff contention, I was going to go because I would never go up in any other, in any other scenario. You know, yeah. you're not going to call, you're not going to call me up in June when you need another outfielder. You're not going to call me up at the end of the season. If you guys are completely out of it because you're going to call up these young guys, I had to understand, like I have to be around playoff contending teams. And that's when I started taking that August, late August out that nobody had ever heard of. Like, I was taking outs. August 20th would be my only out. And the season's over in two weeks. But if there was somebody that could pick me up after I got my release that was in a playoff spot, I could join them and get back up to the big leagues. And that's what I did for, like, the last four years. And so I had to be with okay. But I had to make sure that when I was in the minor leagues, and even though I knew that I wasn't going to get called up at all, if at all, until the end of the season, I had to be ready. Yeah, because because if I went in and I got called up, you know how hard you know you know how it is, man. You play for other teams. When you go to another team, nobody knows necessarily what they're getting, and they're always waiting for you to mess up. Yep. And as soon as you make a mistake, if you don't steal the base, or if you drop a ball, or if you, you know, throw to the wrong base, or they're out. Ma, can't use them. Don't like them. Who brought them over here? Get them out of here. Yep. And then you're not you're not coming back. So. Yeah, I had to continue to – my my thing was I played for September. Every year I went to the minor leagues, my, my was my thing. The road to September, baby. So let's get it going, man. Let's get yeah. it going. So what's that, what's that look like when, when you go from one team to the next? Because I, I really don't have that much, much experience with it. I went to the Blue Jays for a little bit. Right. I remember I, you, I remember you I, finished I, with the my, Blue Jays. I had my second back surgery, and it was kind of right. over for me, right? So what's right. it look – What's it look like for Quentin Berry to go from Detroit Tigers playing a lot for mm-hmm. that team in the big leagues, then going to Kansas City and trying to fit a role there? Right. When they tell you, when when they probably are like, hey, you know, this is the avenue we need from you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care if you hit 450 in AAA. Right. We're not calling you up because we have this prospect behind you. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's tough, man. I mean, it's, it's tough, but I had to learn how to embrace it. I had to learn how to um, understand that guys are going to be looking at you kind of sideways when you come into the locker room, especially when they started knowing who I was. Because um, certain guys who had hopes to go up at the end of the season knew that I was going to end, probably end up taking that spot yeah. in one of those spots. So it was just one of those things. But, but because then, you, had, you had already uh, predetermined, and they knew when you walked in the door, it's like, Oh shit! Here comes, here comes <laughs> exactly. That's the base stillness, dude. He like he's done it in the playoffs. He's already been there. He's done that. Like, it, but, it would get but, to the point, man. It would get to the point, man. I'd I'd go out for stretch after I get to a new a new organization, and I'd see guys on the other side, and they come over like, here you go, here you go again. Every year, every year with somebody, they must be going to the playoffs. Here you go. So it was like everybody kind of had an idea, man. <laughs> But, but you was, always played for good teams. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's for something sure. a lot of people don't realize. Like, maybe mm-hmm. Quentin, Quentin could have maybe went to uh, a lesser team mm-hmm. and had a little more big league time. Right. But I know you. you you're a winner. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, you're like There's me. There's nothing like you, man. win. You know, you know, you you know the feeling, brother. You're a rock star when you win. There's not, there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. We're riding around in San Francisco, man, and, and and escorted around by the police from hotel to the field, and the fans following you in Detroit. Which having, which ring was that oh, for you? That was that was the, that was the one we won. Uh, we we lost in San Francisco. Yeah, with San yeah. Francisco. That yeah. that was that was the first one, man. But we were rock stars, man. You know what I mean, like. There is no better feeling than that, man. I wanted to be a part of that any in any form of of the way of doing it, man. I did not care, man. It, it was, but yeah, it was. You knew, you knew to be a winner, like to mm-hmm. be on a winning team. Your ability yeah. and what you can do, you might have right. been able to get on a lesser team that didn't wasn't focused on winning. But what you've done your whole career, and I right. started looking at this and see the dates. I'm like, holy crap. Like, he went right. to winners every single stage of his life. Not only was Quentin trying to compete against himself and baseball, he was competing with the best teams on the planet at the time. Right. Like, was it, right. is that something you were consciously thinking about? No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think I ever thought. I mean, I, I do think about the time about, uh, you know, if, if maybe when I broke in with Detroit, you know, with uh-huh. a different team, you know, and did what I did there. Maybe, you know, we, we, we went out and got stacked. We got Tory. We got guys. Other yeah. teams wouldn't have done that. Maybe I had an opportunity. But at the same time, I can't do that to myself because it's all about opportunity and, and a lot of luck. And and because of the situation with Austin Jackson going down, and then yeah. I was supposed to go down once he got better, and then you got hurt, mm-hmm. that, that kept me up. You know, like it's that's, those, that's the opportunity that I was given that gave it to me. If I would have been with a lesser team, I might not have necessarily got the shot so you don't really yeah, know that's true because they you know what they would have done is they already labeled quentin as mm-hmm. what quentin was right and and i think if any any person looking back at this whole thing mm-hmm. I, I hope somebody david chads of the world and everybody's listening like i think they screwed it up a little bit mm. because i love playing with you like, i love it too man like I think that you're a winner, mm-hmm. and what the biggest thing is they didn't realize is, holy crap! Like he might not on paper do what this prospect has done in the minor leagues, but he's gonna make us win. Right. You know what I mean? I like to think that they messed up, man. Your energy <laughs> and your enthusiasm. Yeah. People didn't understand it. But now that shit plays. Oh, yeah. that shit plays, man. <laughs> like, right now you would be, like, you would be the Queen Essential uh, hype guy in the dugout, right? Yeah. Like, you'd be the Queen Essential hype guy when you make that diving catch in freaking center field or left field or right field. Like, you would be on ESPN, would eat it up, but you were the OG of this stuff. But nobody <laughs> wanted it. Nobody wanted that energy. They didn't want that excitement, and it pisses people off that, that like, oh, Andy brought two – people tell me, they're like, oh, you're a white boy that played baseball. Why did you get so freaking pumped up? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. dude, like, I was, I was 
having to stay inside myself a lot of times, right? Right. Like, I remember sliding into third on a triple one time, and I was, like, throwing up gang signs. I remember. I call them gang signs. <laughs> I call them, like, team signs over to the dugout. And, yeah. like, let's go, baby. Come on. <laughs> like, I let off, I let off a, a, a series in Kansas City with a triple. Like, left center field. I ran around triple. Like, let's go, baby. Like, that's just me. That's Quentin. Like, that's – if you're not that guy, that's okay. Right. But yeah, I think man, it's you love the game, man. You gotta have some. I don't like I don't like when people try to try to you know dumb I down the game school, or or I, try I to. I don't like it. Out, which I love. Baseball's mm-hmm. gonna die if we just stay old school, man. Oh man, we're She's entertainers, man. We're entertainers, bro. We love this game, and it's a game. We're competitors, so I believe that you shouldn't be stone faced, man. I said you shouldn't be. You know, express express your feelings, man. Enjoy it. We want. I, I love to see. I love to see when I watch. When I'm over here watching uh, Keon Broxton pull back homers, man, and mm-hmm. and hit his chest, bro, and scream, and 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 make all these. I have all these mannerisms, man. I love it, man. It fires me up, and I text him all the time, man. Don't stop. Don't yeah. stop. Love the game, man. Be passionate. The fans love it. Everybody loves it. I love it. Well, Don't it keeps stop. him. It keeps him high. It keeps him ready for the next play. hundred percent. The whole team feels it, man. The whole team feels it. Everybody else around you gets that energy. Yeah. What's, what's better. I love positive energy. hundred percent. I think the one thing in life that we're lacking right now for most people is positive energy, man. Definitely. Yeah. Like every day I wake up, I don't wake up in a good mood. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm just not a morning person. Like I have to consciously, (laughs) I'll go and look at highlight films. I'll go and uh, listen to a podcast. I'll go and right. do something to get me in the right mindset for the right. day. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's contagious, man. It is. It really is contagious. You start doing it, man. Everybody feels it. Everybody feels it. But nobody, nobody in the beginning, what you're going to have to deal with the haters. Yeah, you will. But you got to be okay with it. You're not Quentin playing very Quentin Berry had more haters <laughs> than than anybody on planet Earth because we all like, did, man. We hey. all did, man. It doesn't matter what you do, man. And I tell people this all the time: is somebody gonna have something to say? You hit 300, but you didn't hit enough homers. You hit exactly. a ton of homers, you strike out too much. Yeah, you know, you you hit this, you don't walk enough. You know, yep. you, you you throw strikes, but you don't throw hard enough. You know, somebody's always going to have something to say. That's Can't right. play for that. Can't play you know, for that. You know what? The funny thing is, I always tell players this all the time, is like the person who's evaluating you doesn't play. Right. Especially now. Like, quit, quit worrying so much about what everybody's thinking about you and evaluating about you. Just go be the best freaking player you can be, man. That's it. So simple, man, but we, we complicate the whole situation. We compl- complicate it's, the whole game. And it's easier to complicate it than oh. to actually do it. Because who's going to believe that if you just, you know, work on you and worry about yourself and go out there and play, have fun, that's not – that can't be right. If, yeah. I just, if I just work hard and have fun when it's game time and I just worry about me and, and uh, that's all I got to worry about and just play hard – that can't be that can't be the recipe. There's gotta be more to it. Yeah. 
Well, what they do is they go to showcases and they do all this stuff. And I've seen parents spend 20 grand on their kid for like uh, one year. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, ooh, just listen to our podcast. (laughs) Just get some information from me. I guarantee I'll do it way cheaper. Right. Than than you could ever imagine. Get your kid on this. Right. And that's what, that's, that's reality. No, it is reality. Most people that try to uh, teach the stuff or do anything in baseball, they've never even been there. Right. They're telling kids, you can't go to the big leagues. And I'm like, what? Unless they listen to them or if they use their or, or yeah, their gadgets. Me, I'll get you to the big leagues. They've never even been to the big leagues. They don't right. know what it's like. No. They don't know how hard it is. They don't know, like, okay, if I can – the big league dream – is more achievable than you think mm-hmm. if you're willing to do it. Right. That's the difference. Right. But last thing, Quinn, when you're hitting, what is your goal? What was your goal? Whenever I was hitting, man, I was just trying to square it up, man. If I can hit barrel, I had a shot. That was yeah. it, man. See the ball and the barrel. Were you worried up. about launch angle? No. Would do you think launch angle would have helped you? No. Not 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 with the way that I played, and not yeah. with. I bunted a lot, man. I don't want no launch angle when I bunt. So. <laughs> Point. So, so I mean that it would. I mean I would have flew out to the warning track a lot more. I might have hit a few more homers. Yeah, but I would have. Would you have been more. on first base as much? No. Would you have been able to steal second base if you're not on first? Nope, I can't, and that's why I, I'm trying to tell you, you can't steal third if I'm on third too. So hey, two shots. I need two shots to get these bags. I, I, you know what? This everybody wants to reinvent the wheel, man, and everybody wants to do the next best thing, and yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a cycle, man, and eventually. Strikeouts are going to go down because contact ball and play is going to come back around in about another five to ten years, and it's just, yep. it's it's a circle, man. It's a constant circle. They're going to strike so. out too much. Exactly. They're, they're going to come back. Yep. Yeah. You know, so I pitchers agree. pitchers are going to stop throwing so many fastballs, and they're whatever they're start going elevated heaters all the time, and then eventually we're going to have to work down angles to get more. You know, it's just it's a constant it's a circle, man. So I man, when I'm hitting, I'm trying to see the ball. And I'm trying to put barrel on it, square it up as many times as I can. If I could square it up four times in a game, most likely I was going to get a couple hits. Life's good. Yeah. Get a couple hits, life is good. Oh, man. Singing in the showers, brother. <laughs> Singing in the showers. Every every time, and, and <laughs> this is one thing I always go back to and I remember. I was in the Dominican Republic, and uh, uh, the press came up to me, and they're like, Andy, you were 0 for 4. It was your first 0 for 4 I've seen since, like, you know, a year of your life. They mm-hmm. went back, like, from my Tiger stats and all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. Said, this was the first time you were 0 for 4 and didn't reach base. Because I was always an on-base monster. Right. Like, my thing was quality at bats. It wasn't, like, getting hits. Mm-hmm. It was like, if I got a walk and I ended sure. up scoring a run, I'm cool. Like, right. everything's good. And then I go play great defense. I'm adding value to the team that day. Definitely, man. Right? And then I'd go play amazing defense. And they said, this is your – I think I was 0 for 4 
with no walks, no nothing, no hit by pitches or anything like that. And they said, this is the first time uh, since you've been here that you weren't on base. How do you feel about that? And I said, dude, I'm stoked about it. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, I'm so pumped about this moment because this means I'm going to get on base four times tomorrow. Right. You know, if it doesn't like, happen often. It's coming now. Yeah, because right. it doesn't there. It's, it's if it's newsworthy that you don't get on base. Mm-hmm. You know that, oh, man, tomorrow, holy crap, I'm going to get on base because the things that I do to get on base on a daily basis work. Right. You know, and that's yeah. what I always stress to kids. I'm like, is the stuff that you're working on producing? Right. Right. Is it working? Like, is is what you're doing today actually producing results or is this something that that coach that has no idea about you mm-hmm. has no idea has never been there never had to produce results on a daily basis are they saying like this is what you need to do to get here right right 100 percent, man big difference it's big a huge difference. difference huge difference so for them to have an interview with me mm-hmm. of why why andy dirks didn't get on base how awesome is that yeah, that's legit. I never had that. I had plenty of those days. <laughs> yeah. It would be a lot different if, hey, you're not worth the money, you're not worth this, you're not worth their time. But they asked me, you know, why didn't you get on base today? Right. Because I've been on base so much. Right. Like, they're just so used to me being on base because of the stuff that I did that it was a shock to them. It was a shock right. enough to do a news article on it. Yeah, that's dope. And man. I'm like – that's when you know you're doing the right stuff. Well, hundred percent, man. That's dope. So if you're listening and you don't, if if nobody's came up to you yet and asked you why are you not getting on base, it's time to start getting on base. <laughs> <laughs> Find a way, man. Find a way. That's I guarantee sure. if Quentin had this program when he was young. <laughs> He his he would have been on first base so much and stole second and third, he would be like Billy Hamilton right now. Oh man, doing it, he's doing it, man. He's definitely doing it. I'd like to think so. He's a different like athlete. That. What do you yeah. think about Billy Hamilton? Man, some speed, man. Him, him. I'm telling you, man. Him, Terrence Gore. That's that's a different level of speed. It's a different level of speed. I wish I, I'm 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 really. Hoping that you know he starts getting figuring it out offensively, you know, playing against him. I really feel like he had more of an offensive swing. I think his swing is super defensive, but um, I think because I think there's more in there I, I, than he's I letting out. Man. Guys, quit worrying so much about what other people want you to be. Mm-hmm. Really, be honest with your assets and your abilities. Right. So I I agree with you. I think Billy Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Could be a really he could be a, a guy that hits three hundred. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He could be a guy that hits doubles. Right. His doubles are triples. Right. Or they turn into triples. Like they've preached in his head so much that all you are is a base filler. It's right. really bad. No, definitely, man. Or just putting it on the ground and run. Like he can swing, man. He can swing. I've seen him play and, and watching, you know, and you can just, you know, you, you just see these guys, you know, get doctored into their swings 
and they're, they're, they're being labeled on their swing. But, you know, eventually, man, it comes to a point where he's going to have to. He's going to have to show it because, you know, well, somebody's going to come. older and his legs are going to slow down. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or they're just going to have some young kid that's a little bit slower, but, you know, better bat doing it. He'll get labeled like me and just become a base dealer for, yep. for, yep. for real, for real. Yeah, yeah, so, no doubt. But his so, speed is undeniable. Well, when you're fast, there's a difference between being fast and a good base stealer. For sure. I, I'll take the guy every day of the week who steals 30 bags and gets thrown out twice over the guy that steals 50 bags and gets thrown out 20 times. Right, for you sure. Know, like, that's a no-brainer for me. It's just value to the team. It's value. It's, what's your asset? Be smart about stealing bags. Yep. Like, learn to steal bags well. Saved me a job, man. Got me more time in the show, man. That's for sure, for sure. And you can be slow and steal bags. All day. It doesn't matter. You just got to want to. I tell guys that all the time. What does it take? You just have to want to steal. You have to pay attention and want to steal. Because if you're slow, you can steal bags and not even get a ball thrown down the second base because the pitcher's pitcher's not paying attention. Yeah, that's right. You can steal steal 10 bags a year. As a slow guy. Oh, for sure. I was telling guys this year, man, if you're all this, anytime that we had a lefty coming up against us in Colorado Springs and AAA for Milwaukee, if there was a lefty on the mound, that's when all the slow guys run. Yeah, just run. Just, as soon as he up, picks his leg picking. up, just take off. Yep, because he's not he's, picking. He's not picking over. Just go. He's not and picking over. He, and and he's, a, he's a one. He's a one seven to the plate. To the plate. 100%. And the catcher's a 2-3, 2-4. Oh. When he, two, he might be a 2-2 two, two when he's on his game. Right. When he's thinking he's about it. Game. So he's going to be not. like a 3-1. Three, three right. Still. Exactly. And if he picked over on you, then it's really time to go because he's not coming over again. Yep. You're still on the pitcher. <laughs> we know that. You're still on the pitcher. <laughs> I can still back on Yachty tomorrow. Exactly. Back surgeries. It's right. a pitcher's a two to the plate. For sure. Yachty's like, going to be upset I don't care if it's Yachty yep. or Molina. If I don't he's care. If he's a two to the plate, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You don't steal them off the catcher, man. Yep. Not very often. You get them off that pitcher. That's right. That's right. All right, dude. You know I love you. Thank hey, you love so you too, for brother. Thanks time. for having me, man. Everything, Always happy to be here. Everything that Quentin Berry is about, you need to start looking into – and understanding because that's how you get to the big leagues, folks. That's right, baby. That's right. I wish I you nothing but it. the best. Hey, hey, Quentin Berry's about to be a coach. He's about that's to right. be a mentor to a lot of young people. So we'll have him on the show again. Please do. Anytime. Love to be yeah. here. Love you, man. Have a good All day. All right. Love you too, brother. Bye. Take care.